The Lean Braves reporting for duty. Your source for fitness and food education with a noble purpose. Fasten your seatbelt and hold on your carrots. You're listening to Lean Braves Radio Show at theleanbraves.com. We are Avengers of Health. Welcome, Braves. I'm Ron Jones, and back with us again is Eric Kenyon from Form is Function up in Grass Valley, Northern California. And we are the Lean Berets. We're doing a show today called Heavy Metal for Gold. And it's about Evan Strong, the Paralympian gold medalist, not just in Sochi at the Olympics, but also, I just found out from you, Eric, welcome back, the national championships. Thank you, Ron. That's right. I mean, it's just kind of the icing on the cake of an awesome two seasons. <laughs> the man is on fire. <laughs> you know, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, he and I talk about this stuff. He is on fire, but it's a controlled burn. Exactly. Yeah. That that's you know a what I mean? Yep, that's is a, a <laughs> very good point to make. Uh we talked about that before the show went live here today. Uh, your yeah. training methods are are very classical and from a vintage standpoint, meaning you don't just use some old tools, but the philosophy of, of how you guys train up there uh, in Northern California with your group is like the people used to train classically, meaning, for those that don't know, uh, it, it was very controlled, very high quality, uh, plenty of rest periods built in to preserve the safety and the quality of the form. Um, and you're a sniper by background, so it's. I was joking with you. It's kind of like a sniper thing, and you're you're very focused on a target, and you're very controlled because if not, it won't go well. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. You know, um, I suppose if you're in a, a bayonet fight in the mud, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're going to go to a very high uh, a very high arousal level. You might even go back to an animalistic state. Right. Um, if you're a sniper, your arousal level is quite different. Yeah. It's, it's probably medium. It's the, the arousal level for uh, precision action. Right. Precision and that, thinking. Exactly. That changes by task. So uh, golf mm -hmm. is not uh, martial arts and not uh, football. Um, and when I was up there a few months ago, I had the opportunity to train with you guys. And uh, that let's see, we did the show before then, so I haven't talked about that yet. But it w was a, right. a wonderful experience. I'd love to meet your people and hang out with them again. Uh, and I learned a lot. You know, I think one of the one of the things that is very important for all of us is to keep learning and not think we know everything. Because as Gray Cook says, that's when you're really dangerous. You know, so yep. <laughs> I got schooled quite a bit by you and and some of the peeps up there. <laughs> Thank you. And. Uh, I have been passing along those lessons as uh, Kevin Rail is passing that along in Park City, Utah, Excellent. with his clients, and and uh, so the the you know the the atmosphere in the class is very cool. It's very laid back, but you're focused, and and uh, we did a lot of work, but it was very uh, high quality. Um, in fact, I had I worked harder with you guys than I had in quite a quite a long time. Actually, I felt it a little bit, but it was that good kind of sort, yeah. you know. Uh, isn't it interesting how much, how strong people are? Yes. How these huge weights are getting lifted. Yep. Quite a lot of work jammed into a small period of time, mm -hmm. and yet there's no yelling, 
There's no ugly faces. There's no painful sounds. There's mm. some heavy breathing. Right, right, right. Um, but it's all with smiles and um, a real camaraderie. And uh, I think that is the recipe yes. for success. Very, uh, very different not, atmosphere, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's different from what we're used to in this country and in this modern culture of, of uh, what I would call, you know, dysfunctional fitness. Right. You know, the the first, uh, you know, coming from endurance cycling and running, I, the whole kettlebell scene was new to me. And I, I was certified originally <laughs> under uh, Pavel with the RKC as you were. And and this yeah. whole low volume, high quality, take a lot of rest periods, that just was not my world. And I didn't really understand it as I got into it. But I realized, as a lot of us did, that when you focus on quality, uh, even at low volume, you really make some gains neurologically, strength-wise, quality of movement. Uh, and I got a hell of a lot stronger, too. Uh, but anyway, that, that's yeah, I the mean, that's, kind of stuff that we do, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the black magic uh, secret mm-hmm. of uh, what Pavel does and, and uh, our other colleagues is that uh, the volume of work can seem quite low. And actually, um, the intensity can seem quite low, mm-hmm. but because the quality of the movement is very high, the precision is very high. You know, that's right. It is is like the black magic, you know, because we do the this uh, quietly in the background, this very high quality, uh, low rep, very focused type of work, but... Obviously, it paid off pretty well for Evan Strong. So I guess we can safely say at this point that he, he is the top person in the world um, at what he does in uh, Paralympic snowboarding. Yeah, that's it. He's the man. He is the man, and you know, he's, um... he's trained with you a year and a half and made uh, some incredible uh, improvements from what you were telling me a couple months ago. Yeah, we... Um... This has been his best season, and it was actually two seasons run together. He had no off-season between his sixth and seventh season. Wow. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of uh, amazing in itself. That's the kind of work that breaks a person down. Oh, absolutely. He's not broken down. He, he feels awesome. Yeah, yeah. And he's not just high on his gold and, you know, ready to burn out and collapse. Right. He actually Controlled burn. is strong. Yeah. yeah. And healthy. So that means you, even though he's been in season, you guys have built in the appropriate uh, mini rest cycles. Then, yeah, I mean, I mean, that might be, you know, to some strength coaches listening to us right now, that might be the most important thing we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Is that we brought up Evan's uh, full body strength by a hundred percent in the middle of a busy, a busy season. Wow. Okay, it took about six, seven months Yeah, um, for him to improve by 100%. And this isn't like, you know, uh, sort of gym strength that doesn't transfer onto the slope. Right. It transfers 100%. And let's let's talk um, about how he had to use that, too, just to cut in real quick. And, and he was uh, in Sochi at the Olympics and, and uh, oh, yeah. apparently turning uh, faster times in the able-bodied snowboarders a couple weeks prior. Was that true? I don't know all the details of that, but he often does that. Okay. He often uh, and then he hit faster than his able-bodied um, his able-bodied compatriots. 
Wow. And then he hit uh, he hit the if, wall. If you take a general view of the thing, though, he um he he's still got some work to do. Yeah. Before he starts dominating that world. Okay. But he hit yeah. he hit the uh, I guess a day or two before he actually did the gold medal. He hit a wall at like thirty five plus miles an hour, and then, and can you explain that? And, yeah. And uh, and then we'll get into what he does to protect himself from those kind of collisions. Right. Okay. So this is what happened. Uh, it was the day before the races at Sochi, and they were um, doing some practice runs on on their course, which of course had horrible conditions. It, right. Right. It vacillated between like iron rock hard ice mm. uh to just like slush like almost running water wow and uh he made some kind of miscalculation we haven't gone over all the details of it he was going about 40 or 45 miles an hour and he wiped out and flew through the air you know end over end mm-hmm. and hit almost a vertical ice wall oh my god and he hit it feet yeah he hit it feet first and just collapsed you know like a like a bug hitting a windshield. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, and he, and he said while he was in the air, he was thinking, uh, <laughs> "This is the kind of wipeout that cripples people or ends people's careers or lives <laughs> or lives." Yeah, as we know, you know, a Australian racer, uh, Maddie Robinson, uh, wiped out and got killed in Spain. Right. A Just... month or so before Sochi. So right. It, it can be a dangerous sport. Yep. Um, so Evan smashes into this uh, ice wall and um, lays there for a bit, <laughs> stands up. He's not even hurt at all. Oh, my. Wow. I mean, that's well, that's a testimony uh, to the type of training that you guys do. And you did some different stuff up there that I haven't seen before. And one of the one of the moves that Evan likes a lot and that you guys routinely do with all the clients is this striker press thing. And right. I never heard of such a, a drill. It's kind of right. similar to a floor press with a kettlebell, but a very different yeah. position. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Because we've been playing with it out here, and it's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you know, uh, when Evan did that wipeout, he stood up and he, he, said, he said to himself, thank God for those heavy deadlifts. Heavy swings, heavy strikers, floor press. Yeah, he really had the sense that that's why he held together mm-hmm. because his structure was just so strong and resilient. Yeah, absolutely. the The moment of truth. It's not. It's not uh, yeah. if it. It's when. You're right. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't care yeah, who I mean, you are. Right. You wipe out in that sport. Mm-hmm. It's the way it is. Yep. Um. Yeah. So the strikers floor press. Now you can go uh, um, on uh, the Formis Function Facebook page, mm-hmm. and you can uh, see pictures of people doing it. You can see quite a few pictures of Evan doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, Ron, if the main difference between what we think of as a normal floor press and the striker's floor press is that uh, the low position, the elbow's tucked in, really tight the mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like uh, a, maybe you're delivering a slow uppercut right? in boxing or martial mm-hmm. arts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, another interesting thing about it is that we start it from the top, okay? You start with your arm extended up, mm-hmm. and then you bring it down to 
really, I, I like to think of it as the crest of the hip, like your elbow hits the top of your hip. Yeah, it's a little lower, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, it's low. I mean, you're really firing your lats and pulling your shoulder down. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The, the front of your ribs is closing, too, mm-hmm. which is a natural protective thing. And uh, you don't relax down there. You don't touch the floor with your elbow. You stay tight. You don't let any breath out. What you do is you pause. If you're not 100% tight, put that last bit of tightness in, mm-hmm. and then you drive the kettlebell up. Yes, yeah, that's probably the essence of the strikers. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a completely different world than the regular floor press. So for people that don't right. do kettlebells, I mean, you're you're laying in the ground and you roll over, kind of log roll over, and pick up a kettlebell, which is a, a like a cannibal with a handle on it. And uh, for stronger men, they're going to use about a 24 kilo, which is 53 pounds, and they're going to roll that kettlebell back over their torso and press it up and down. And, you know, the normal press is your elbow kind of taps in the ground and you, and you take it off again. And, but, man, that striker press, you know, you don't really get a chance to relax at all. I mean, you've got to keep it tight the whole time. It's a really different environment. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and it's, uh, you know, when you talk about focus, too, the psychology of the striker press is completely different, I think. Well, not completely different, but, it, but it's, it's definitely a, a higher intensity press than the regular yeah. floor press. I thought that's yeah. my perception of it anyway. Yeah, you know, when I've seen floor press presses done, a lot of powerlifters do them mm-hmm. with a barbell and some with kettlebells. They um they drop their elbow way out, mm-hmm. you know, um away from their side. Right. And they'll actually rest everything on the floor for a bit, take a breath, and then push it back up. And of course, that has its uses. That's a functional lift. Mm-hmm. It's doing something quite different from mm-hmm. what our striker floor press does. And the, the striker press came out of uh, you working with soccer players because one of the soccer positions yeah. is a striker that takes a lot of collision force at times because of the type of position that they're in in the field. And then uh, yeah. you were playing around with it, and, and Evan thought it might work pretty good for snowboarding. And lo and behold... But, yeah... I think by the time I met Evan, I I knew it was going to work. Okay. Snowboarding. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, I got to say, I didn't know all that much about snowboard racing. Mm-hmm. Evan has taught me. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's the thing, though. If you're a good strength coach, you don't have to know every sport. Right. You just have to know the human body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you train you right? train people to move well and to be strong, and yeah. then therefore they can go do whatever they want to do, you know. Yeah, I know a lot of strength coaches, they get bent around the axle trying to do sport-specific training, mm-hmm. right? Right. And a lot of athletes get confused looking for, like, a ski strength coach. Right, right. Or, or a, a cycling strength, strength coach. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how you get lost. Yeah, tell me about it, man. What you need is a good strength coach. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, my, my observation has been that a good strength coach can – Watch a sport they've never seen before. Watch it for a little while, mm-hmm. maybe an hour or two, and start developing programming. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you should know the human body. Mm-hmm. Right? There shouldn't be any mysteries just because you're looking at a new sport. Right. Well, people need to move well no matter what they're doing, even if they don't do oh, athletics, yeah. right? They just need to move well. If you're going into the office and taking out the trash, you know, I mean, it's yeah. 
a movement is movement. And, um, yeah, I think we get lost in the weeds, uh, quite oh, yeah. often now. Now he, obviously, you know, we're both kettlebell people. He uses a kettlebell a lot, but he also, um, does some Olympic lifts. Uh, he does a lot of deadlifting with a bar if I'm, yep. uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what other types of, uh, strength work do you guys do? And then also, um, you know, what do you think has been a high payoff for the, the mobility and quality of movement stuff? How do you approach that with a, basically a, a world-class athlete, the best in the world at what he does? Yeah. Um, well, as you know, uh, when I first met Evan, he was afraid his career was over because his shoulders hurt all the time. Mm. And, you know, he was starting to not want to move his arms while he was skiing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and um, so he did some very simple things to fix that. Uh, and actually, the, the big bang for the buck wasn't so much me giving him mobility drills. Mm -hmm. So I did do that. Mm -hmm. And restorative yeah. exercise. So we did do that. Mm -hmm. Was getting him to stop doing stuff that was causing the problem. Interesting. So, so uh, yeah. strength drills that weren't really helping him move better in his sport then? Yeah, okay. you know, he was doing, you know, it, it, it seems like ancient history now, but I do remember that he was doing, um, you know, these front raise and side raise type things. Oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, you've seen that. Yep. You know, sometimes it's with a dumbbell, sometimes it's with a rubber band, sometimes it's with a machine. Real long levers. Totally uh, unnatural. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, a leftover from our dysfunctional love of bodybuilding, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where you're, you're thinking of your body as part rather than your life as movement. Mm -hmm. And so I got him to stop doing that, and uh, his, his shoulders started feeling better immediately. <laughs> and, uh, Very simple so stuff, So then, of man. course, you know, the, the mobility drills could work and the restorative drills could work really well, and the clinical treatments he was getting that hadn't worked for years could work. Mm -hmm. And the problem just was solved very quickly. It's, it's, and, and it it's rebuilt, a kind of distant, foggy memory now. Wow, and it, it rebuilt his career, and he ended up getting uh, a gold, yeah. two gold medals within about a two-week span. You know, one at yeah, the I Olympics. Yeah, you could look at it like this. From, he went from career maybe ending soon to... Mm -hmm top of the world yeah i mean you know good progression and it, i think it's important too that he um and i haven't talked to him since the olympics and the nationals but you know coming through you he he doesn't feel burned out i mean he's, he's on a break now i guess nope. well deserved but he feels good and you know he's uh he's not done yet you know yeah and, and you, as, as we touched on in our, our last interview with you a, a lot of uh the recent evan is so healthy and so uh energetic is because he really has all his ducks in a row. I mean, at the, in our last interview, we went deep into a discussion of nutrition. Right. He's a holistic guy. I mean, it's not just Oh, yeah, where he's really an expert. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his whole philosophy of life is conducive to just high quality at everything, you know. Um, yeah. Including relaxation, I think. You know, he, he has oh, yeah. his times where yeah, he builds I mean, that in. Yeah. We, uh, we spend a lot of time working on recovery mm -hmm. and relaxation and mm -hmm. discussing the details of that. And uh, just a little while before he headed out for Sochi, he 
said, you know, I think these discussions we have about strategizing recovery might be the most important thing we do. Really? Well, that's worth noting. Yeah, yeah that's really a, yeah. an important point. I think that was and, one of the... Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and so I think it's interesting that he could never have those conversations with anybody until he met me, uh, the Russian-trained strength coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that none of the other experts he's had contact with, you know, at the, OT, at the OTC and right. all the other high-key places he's been, mm-hmm. no one else has ever, you know, started a conversation like that. That's fascinating. I think as I got into an elite level of ultra-endurance cycling when I was racing, um, I was a workhorse. You know, I, I'm a blue-collar kind of guy historically, and sure. I don't mind working hard. In fact, I, I get off on it. But the, the hardest lesson was knowing when to back off and, and oh, not man. burn myself out before a national-level race or international competition. And once I figured yeah. that out, I trained very smartly uh, on the bike. And I had the work ethic, but once I got the when to back off, and I think my mentor was a, a multinational champion, a world record holder, and I remember one time he told me when I was starting, he goes, Ron, the hay's in the barn. You're not going to get in any right. better shape the last week or two. You need to relax, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was so true, and it was like a turning point for me because I remember going to the Nationals one time in my category, and I by the time I got there, I was there was nothing left of me. But in the week before, I was just shredding everybody. Oh, no. you know? And so that was a painful <laughs> experience, man. It was very yeah. humbling. And after that, I'm like, okay, I've, I've got to make some changes here or I'm getting out of the sport, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, when Evan got back from Sochi, that's mostly what we talked about is mm-hmm. – his key to success was the fact that um, we constructed a plan mm-hmm. that made sense, and he stuck to it. He's very disciplined, right? right? He yeah, he's very disciplined. Mm-hmm. And he's very patient, mm-hmm. and he's he's good at. He's also, I would I would say, courage is part of it mm-hmm. because you know when he's under stress, he has the courage stick to his plan, and do what he knows is right. And not freak out, yeah. Yeah, and it looks like a lot of his um, a lot of his colleagues uh, couldn't quite do that. They couldn't quite maintain the courage. You know, and, and it's a deep subject. It's a very deep subject. Um, I'm sure part of the reason they lost their courage close to the, the moment of truth is because they never trusted their plan to begin with. Yeah. Right? You know, I used to go to the Nationals, and I see people messing with their bikes, you know, trying to change oh, their whole goodness. position right before the Nationals and make all these radical changies, you know. And, and oh, by, by the time I got there, I, I had my stuff so dialed in, like, you know, I mean, you have to be flexible with strategy and stuff, but I, I didn't make any big changes yeah. if I didn't have to, uh, especially with equipment and gear and, and the kind of process I went through to get prepared. I just stuck to the plan, and I had it pretty dialed in, so... So when he's uh, yeah, well, a certain flexibility has to be built into your plan. Sure, sure. Like a rigid plan is just as you know that ends up being brittle. Right. Right. Because the course could change, and, uh, and you might not feel yeah. as well, or you know, you might feel better. You know, sometimes you, you know, have that super day. You know, conditions do change. Mm-hmm. So you you can't be rigid. <laughs> yep. You know. So on the strength training side, how many days a week uh, would he train? And, and how many minutes? And 
What did that kind of look like? You know, uh, because all of our training for the last 19 months has been in season, mm-hmm. it's different all the time. It's like we're looking at every little bunch of days as its own thing. So that's right? the flexibility part then. You had to be yeah, flexible and fit it in. Yeah. Yeah, looking at a cluster of days, you know, it's between a, a training camp and a race and saying, what can we do in these days? So that's really different than most strength coaches would have to deal with then because they're looking at macro cycles, yeah. micro cycles, and you're, you're guys on a world tour racing, yeah. you know, for two years, right? You're, that's, so the planning side with you guys had to be really, really clean. I mean, you guys had to be yeah, really efficient and- then. And you know what? We had to keep the goal the goal. Yeah. You know, I, I love Dan John for, for giving us that, that piece of wisdom. The goal is to keep the goal the goal. <laughs> and that's the courage <laughs> part, man. <laughs> yeah, and the goal is not to set up some kind of regular, you know, rigid, rhythmical schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what, what trainers kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what humans want to do, right? Because it has a certain... I don't know, harmony to it. Predictability, yeah. Yeah, but his life is not like that. His competition life is not like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so what we did is we just kept our eyes on the prize, and we kept the goal the goal. Hmm. Right? And we, we do it like backwards planning, like they do in the military. Mm-hmm. Right? There's like a little procedure he goes through in the days before a race. Okay? Mm-hmm. We plan backwards from there. Okay. Right? Interesting. So we're looking at, like, his last strength training session. Mm-hmm. And then we go back from there and decide, you know, okay, what did we see in either at your last training camp or your last race? What did we see that we can um, improve a little bit in this tiny amount of time? Maybe it's five days. Maybe it's 15 days. If we're super lucky. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's also a procedure for a training camp because a training camp is um, – something you got to be ready for, too. Mm-hmm. You know, part of my job is to make sure that Evan is ready to do what his snowboard coaches want him to do. Right. right? You have to coordinate to with the, the whole team. training camp. Right. That was another thing I got and, talking to you guys before. He has a very inner core team that works yeah. very well together. You have your part. You know, he's got... Uh, yep. You know, he's got the massage, he's got this, the technique coaches, and it's a very yep. tight-knit group. And it was a well-oiled machine, man. <laughs> You're not kidding. It was pretty cool to the watch it come together. The whole podium uh-huh. means that they are on point, right? Right. They took the gold, the silver, and the bronze. Hmm. That's excellent. What a wonderful story. And uh to kind of loop back i mean we did do a show with evan just in general a few months ago and he he was riding his bike when he was in high school and he got hit by a a person and lost his leg and and so he was a skateboarder at the time and decided to not quit and uh, he was stronger than maybe he thought he was before that happened and so how do you when you have a guy with one leg i mean how do you what were the challenges uh you know, as a strength coach to working with that, or does it, does it matter that much? Or do you really have to adjust the lifts and the, the positions? And You know, it matters probably a lot less than people would think. Mm-hmm. I, I 
think we've discussed this before, that Evan's injury is not different in kind from other injuries. Mm-hmm. It may be, you know, different in degree. Yeah. But it's not different in kind. And if you've worked with uh, other injured people, and I, I don't know, I, I haven't met an un- uninjured person yet. I've been in this business for 15 years. <laughs> That's a great point. I adult. That's ever. a great point. You know, <laughs> that is, it's, tr- it's so true. Everybody yeah, has their uh, mileage, man. <laughs> so I've got 15 years experience, you know, working with injured folks. Um, um, and, uh, you know, Evan is so adept. Um, he really is an expert on his own injury and his own prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And I, I forget a lot of times he, he doesn't I forget. He has a mechanical leg. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you, uh, you know, every once in a while something comes up, you know, like, uh, we tried to do one-legged deadlift, couldn't do it. Yeah. Tried to do Turkish get-up, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's something we might return to mm-hmm. um, now that we've got this luxurious off-season coming up. Right. You could play around with a few more things and take your time yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, we're both drooling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, as indeed. We're actually have, like, about three months. <laughs> wow, that's a— that's Until a... next race. Nice. Um, yeah, so we're going to— We're going to— be able to do some stuff we mm-hmm. weren't even able to do before. Well, good. And so, uh, yeah, you know, just like if you're going to set them up for an Olympic bar deadlift, then that would just be, it would be the same thing. You wouldn't have to change his. I mean, is it? There's no hip shifting nope. or anything. Everything is pretty no. much uh, straight on then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. I mean, there's even some pictures on the uh, on the Formus Function Facebook page. That's mm-hmm. that's where we really connect with the public. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some good pictures of Evan doing deadlifts. I've, and, I've uh, seen those, and they, they, look, they look pretty standard. I mean, pretty straight up, and yeah. he's not all shifted and contorted and twisted. And... No. Now, I know, no, I no. know, I know athletes um, uh, that have one leg. They, uh, you know, I photographed the Badwater Ultramarathon, right. so there's some people out there that are missing limbs. Uh, Chris Moon yeah. is one of them. But I've never strength trained with him, so I, you know, I don't know what he has to go through when he does that type of thing. So, um, it's just fascinating talking to you about it because I've I've never had someone in the gym, you know, like that. Right. That's, yeah. Well. Um, well, that's cool. Well, good luck um, with the exploratory stuff, and uh, we'll definitely keep communicating. And as you know, we yeah. got we got a few things we're digging out of the uh, uh, the archives here. So I, I predict another good. trip up north to show you some Excellent. of my tricks. You know that I'm uh, learning. Excellent. Are not my tricks, but just stuff I'm finding, and and uh, I really enjoy working with you and your people because it's it's like a think tank up there, man. I, you know, we can all bring stuff to yeah. the table and kind of chit chat about it and have this very intelligent conversation that that raises the the physical literacy and education levels of everybody there. It was it was a lot of fun being up there, and I, I really enjoy the the community and, and everybody that you're working with. Well, thank you so much, Ron. We're uh, we're very eager to have you come up here again. Yeah, I got some stuff uh, coming up, so I, I want to share. We're going to be in uh, University of North Dakota Excellent. for that weekend workshop, uh, right. doing some uh, vintage calisthenics and, and different things like that. And we're going to be learning. I'm going to be learning some new things. So I want to, after I get that laid down, awesome. I want to come up and show you guys what Dr. Thomas is Excellent. helping us with. Excellent. And then how do they find you? You're on Facebook, Formus Function, and your website. You want to rip that off real quick? Yeah, uh, our, our website is kettlebellform.com, mm-hmm. and, it, and it gives you uh, you know the meat of what we do, yeah. the, 
tells where all our group classes are mm-hmm. and um, tells you a little about my background and my wife's background because she's a strength coach too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where the day-to-day activity is is on our Facebook page. Yep. So it's form its function at uh, Facebook. Yeah. And, and you... that branches off into little Facebook event pages for our group classes. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, photographs uh, if you want to see what Evan's up to. Yeah, very cool. There's an awful lot of photographs of him training with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also... Uh, you know, connect with Evan on Facebook, and he has a really nice website himself. It's strongevan.com. Yeah, very nice site, and very professional. Yeah. yeah, there he has like a voluminous archive of, you know, all his races and all the newspaper articles written about him and links to all the videos made about him. And, mm-hmm. of course, in the last year and a half, I'm in a lot of those articles and, and um, some of those videos, too. Yeah. And um, it's just a, a great resource, actually. I mean, a lot of Evan's information is almost like a how-to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, especially like the last interview we did with you, Ron. It was almost like a, a how-to be a world-class athlete. Yeah, you know? and, he, and he proved it. He backed it up. Yeah, and, and, and he, it, totally, it, he totally proved it. And it, it's such a wonderful story, and, and, and he, in yeah. turn, helps children with disabilities that have been in catastrophic oh, that's a accidents. Whole, you, you could you probably know. do a whole show about that. Yeah, yeah he— volunteers a lot of time and mm-hmm. puts it as a high priority to go out and uh, like teach blind people how to skateboard you haven't even heard about that yet wow <laughs> wow that's a real thing he really does that he teaches blind people how to skateboard wow um i've seen him in half pipes like with somebody who's on a wheelchair and they're doing flips you know uh <laughs> That's wild. And it's not just crazy stunt stuff. He takes people like fresh out of their physical therapy, people who are kind of depressed and uh-huh. been sitting on the couch for a while because they're so physically damaged. Mm-hmm. And he'll take them out to the half pipe or out on the slopes and sort of reinvigorate their spirit. Nice. Nice. That's so and important. It's an incredible yeah. thing. Wow. I'd like to come up yeah. when he's around if he has a couple extra minutes. It'd be fun to. Get you should. Total, I mean, you yeah. guys, you need to meet in person. Yeah. You need to do a little jam session. Absolutely, yeah. That'd be you know, really cool. Have some conversations. And... Yeah. <laughs> Let's plan that for sure, because I'll have some oh, yeah. new stuff yeah. by the end of May. Um, and good. so I'll, I'll come up. Absolutely. Yeah, and that'll be right in the middle of our, our glorious off-season, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, it's always a pleasure <laughs> to have Eric Kenyon Strong first, instructor, functional movement screen coach, strength coach, from Grass Valley, which is up above Sacramento, about 30 minutes, uh, up kind of near yeah, the... Yeah, a little more than that. Yeah. About 45 minutes 45 from uh, minutes. Sacramento. And we're, we're kind of close to uh, those key places, mm-hmm. like Truckee and Tahoe. Yeah, Nevada City's right Pretty next close. door. And a wonderful yeah. place to visit. If you're rolling up there, I highly recommend you drop in for a class, and you won't regret it. That's right. That's or, right. You can drop right in at the Dynamic Movement Center. Yep. Or at Akitoka, All right. Grass Valley. And we'll hook up those links again, too, in this, this show page. Well, hey, thanks Thank you, Ron. thanks for hanging out with the Lean Braze again, Eric. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ron. And, and give our best to uh, Evan and, and all the congratulations he deserves. Oh, absolutely. You've been listening to the Lean Braze radio show at 
TheLeanBraze.com. Music today provided by the High Explosives from Park City, Utah. Until next time, keep moving for noble purpose. No excuses.